snitches. It's time for basic snitches. <laughs> yeah, it's Adam. And we are here. That's Adam. What's your name? My name is Tara. I introduced myself and then you introduced myself. And I'm like, yeah. I know. It's very <laughs> important that you know who Adam is. Yeah. Why is it so dark in my apartment? I don't know. It's opposite day. I mean, it's technically dark in my house too, but ambient lighting. We never turn on the big lighting. Is, yeah. I don't know. The lighting is weird. Anyway. Yeah. So we're here to do chapter 22 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. After, after the burial. I was about to burial. say after the funeral. Did is you say the after funeral? the funeral? No, because that's what you titled your thing. It is after the burial. Oh, it is. Yeah, I titled that's it. That's okay. Like I, was, I looked at blah, blah, blah. your thing. So that's where I got that. So it's fine. We Whoops. got it between the two of us. It's all good. I, I threw it under the bus. No, it's fine. I read it. <laughs> that poor bus. I sat here for two good minutes trying to figure out the best transition to go from bus to Patreon. And I just don't have one. Let's acknowledge our patron supporters. You can also join this list at patreon.com slash basic snitches. We recognize all of our patrons in every single one of our episodes. And you get so much great free content. This week we play one of the games that we're usually good at. And you'll see how that shakes out when you subscribe. Just like these fine folks. And thank you as always to Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia. Well, before we run the bus into the sun, can I guess who won and lost the last chapter? Yeah, who do you think won and lost chapter 21? See, this is another tricky one. I, I think the loser is Snape. And then the winner, I'm actually going to say is Harry in this case. Not that he does anything. He, I mean, he makes a big epiphany. This was such a, like a standard chapter. It's hard to say. So I'm just going to say Harry and Snape. Snape is the loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid, but I was like, I am still going to give a win. I'm giving the win to Hermione. Okay. That makes and sense too. Yeah. She's annoying at first because she's like the same old Harry, don't read the book shit, but she's not wrong. But also, she is doing well at Apparition and she manages to not be overly gloaty about how Ron and Lavender are slowly falling apart and she is hella right in that last section of the last book she's like ron your fucking ego took a hit and you're a whiny bitch and i was like yes well i also think that she's right that harry needs to buckle up and stop yeah she is so yeah finally he listens to her as another story because we know he doesn't after like a majority of this book she's kind of back to being the voice of reason which is also just really refreshing yeah when she's not obsessing over ron which i think was a huge yeah very so you have to hear tara talks yeah so uh it's time to hear me talk some more every time i say that because you always used to say that i do say that a lot um so yeah adam sent me a thing for chapter 22 for a slightly different title chapter after the funeral but we'll do it it's fine it's, this um, is it's it is it is also after the funeral so um it's a fair yeah i mean same same so here we go ron and hermione prepare for their apparition exams while harry gets another mysterious scroll from some random messenger but as we know from the last lesson and the last chapter dumble is in palm springs this message is from Hagrid. Aragog died by falling down a very, very, very large water spout and would like some company as he buries his terrifying friend. To which all three of the trio are like, 
Fuck that. They also remember Felix Felicis as a great tool to help Harry finally get Slughorn's memory since he has fucked around enough with the room of requirement. Harry tries one final time to get on Slughorn's good side by creating an amazing euphoria potion during their potions class that probably should have been cancelled during apparition exams, but alas, Slughorn doesn't drink it. Probably because he has to get ready to get turnt later that evening. Nah, that's the only thing he doesn't drink in this chapter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> For real. Hermione passed and Ron failed their exam as expected, and Harry decides that it's time to bring out the big guns. He takes a sip of the Felix Felicis, and to Ron and Hermione's dismay, he says he's going to visit Hagrid. So apparently, the potion boosts intuition as well. There are several details that help Harry along the way, such as Filch leaving the door unlocked and endangering an entire building of children during a very dangerous time, but luckily, Harry finds Slughorn on the way, picking up magical plants from Sprout. Harry reveals himself and urges Slughorn to join him with the bait of some very valuable acromantula venom. Slughorn, the party animal, also uses this as an excuse to drink and runs up to the castle to grab some wine and other various venom and memory-holding bottles before joining Harry and Hagrid. How relatable! They have a brief funeral where Slughorn gets his venom, and then they go inside to reminisce while imbibing in other toxins, which very quickly turns into Harry almost killing two adult men with alcohol poisoning. An unexpected theme in this book! Hagrid falls asleep, and then Harry successfully guilt trips a very inebriated Slughorn into handling the memory over, as it will help him defeat the wizard who killed everyone's favorite ginger, Lily. And finally, Harry has achieved his goal. Hopefully once Dumble gets back from the Trixie Motel, he isn't a dick to him in the next lesson. That's an amazing thing. Thank you. I'm very glad you think so. It's not as juicy and chaotic as my other ones. Ron and Hermione are preparing to take their apparition exams. And this is when they get fucking pamphlets. Yes. Back when Wilkie was just starting off the lessons. Right? He was like, I'm just going to talk to you for every lesson, but no actual educational. Yeah. Dick dumps and doo-doo, if you recall. But Dick I don't have any literature or anything on this until now. Right? So I thought that was kind of funny. Like, ah, okay, let's give them the actual, like, goods to help them learn at the very last moment. Maybe they're waiting until they know who is going to be 17 and they don't have enough pamphlets otherwise because they're not fucking wizards, apparently. I guess so. The printer broke, apparently. (laughs) And then very quickly, we get the weird little messenger moment. And of course, the book actually talks about it too, where they're like, wow, another lesson from Dumbledore so fast. But then we see that it's actually from Hagrid. And it's kind of heartwarming in a weird way. Because yes, we have seen Hagrid in certain areas of this book. We saw Hagrid come in when Ron was in the hospital wing. But we actually haven't had a moment quite like this because this book severely lacks magical creature content because they aren't taking the class. Yeah. In a it's weird nice to way, have more Hagrid. Yeah. And you know, you had talked about the polyjuice potion parallel between book two and book six. Well, here we are with another parallel where we meet Aragog in book two, and now he's dead in book six. I mean, it's very sad that Hagrid is so upset that his friend has died, but it's also really fucking weird. Right? Like, They're like, um, this is a giant spider who tried to eat us. Yeah. Oh, he would really appreciate it if you came. He humanizes these creatures far too much. Actually, when they go down, I think this isn't for a while yet still, but he even says something along the lines of like, oh, it was really hard to get him out of the woods. You know, usually the spiders eat their own dead. Come on, Hagrid, you can't take a clue. 
but right, right. Hagrid, just let it go. What do we expect other than exactly what happened with Hagrid? We love him, but yeah. In a weird way, it's kind of nice to have this moment with Hagrid. Actually, I think that when we do get to the movie, they show it as if they are taking advantage of Hagrid's grief more. But I mean, in the same way, that's exactly what Slugporn is doing. We have a while oh, to get yeah. But while we're talking about Hagrid in this moment, at the very least, I wanted to bring that up. Well, and I think that Hermione is right. We love Hagrid and everything, but this is very irresponsible of him to just be like, just use the cloak. That's not good for the kids to be out. During these circumstances and everything. Right? I think it's also just a little bit of a reminder of just how he's just not always thinking. Yeah. Now, speaking of thinking, this is where they finally are like, oh my gosh, the Felix Felicis. This is where we could use it. Harry at first is like, oh wait, I was going to use that for something more important, like getting some puss from Jen. the lines of doing that and like the lucky part was that Ron didn't murder him. There you go. I think <laughs> that's probably right. I feel like the connection at the very least, even though it's not very apparent and you know, Ginny is off doing her own thing. The connection there I still think is pretty natural and it feels like it would happen no matter, and it does happen no matter what, obviously. Right. I like that they finally came to this realization, but he's like, okay, let me try one more time without the Felix Felicis. Despite their entire class able to go to apparition, they still have potions class. It's only three. It's Draco, Ernie, and Harry. These are the three youngest people, arguably one of the smartest, Ernie, and then the fucking chosen one, and then the most evil in the entire class, or the three youngest. What are the chances of that? Very specific. Well, we know that Neville and Harry are essentially the same age, but Neville wouldn't be in this class. There's probably a few others that just are not in this class. That's true. It really is only advanced people plus Ron. (laughs) Sure, Harry is a dum-dum as well. A dummy dum-dum. We haven't used that in a while. But, I mean, he gets by at the very least. Ron can't, like, write a paper without realizing that his quill has a malfunction. So You are so correct. Fucking Ron. Jesus Christ. Honestly, even though he very well could have been like, okay, there's only three people in this class. Fuck it. Work on homework or something. Right. Make a potion. I do love Harry's idea to make this euphoria potion in hopes that- That's a really good idea. Yeah. Now, it is kind of going against what Hermione had said of, like, you don't really need to trick him. Because, I mean, obviously he would know that's euphoria potion that he doesn't have to drink it. I think Draco had created, like, a hiccuping solution or something. Obviously he's not going to drink that. I at least like his idea. It feels a little bit weird to include it here. But, eh, it is what it is. He tried a thing. And I think it shows that he's true to his word, at least. Of, like, okay, let me just give it one more shot. And then he's like, okay. We're going to do this Felix Felicis. This is also where we learn that Hermione passed and Ron failed, of course. Ron failed barely, though. Yeah. And you feel bad. I think overall, it's like when we looked at how they were teaching this, I can't really blame Ron. No. It's unfortunate, but it's okay. They're going to learn when they're in the Forest of Dean and whatnot. Right. The one thing I will say that I think was actually in the last chapter that Harry actually did successfully apparate once during their classes. Oh yeah, yeah, that is true. And I forgot about that mm-hmm. because we're just like, oh, they just did it and it was fine. So they've at least done it. Not that this guy's a good teacher. Triple D's. Triple D's. Is that what you used to have for your breast reduction? Oh no, that's what I have now. Oh. Oh no, they're much larger than that. <laughs> 
I guess my thought is like, do they have an apparition license? And then how is that like maintained? We always have these conversations about how they track underage wizards and stuff like that and how it's not perfect. Magic by proxy, things of that nature. Right. So it feels like this formality, of course. I don't know. That's my thought on this whole apparition test too. It's like, oh yeah, you have to learn it. Let's just do this to make sure you don't splinch. I guess that's my thought on this whole test thing. I mean, it must really be like that because otherwise they're not really choosing the best way to do that yeah and it's not easily enforceable too i imagine anyway so this is when he takes the felix felices and he's like i'm just gonna take a little bit of it my first question is throughout the series do we ever see him finish the felix felices we do not see him finish the felix felices so someone finishes it obviously yes it is finished we will get there that's not as much a spoiler that i'm like okay i need to know to like connect the dots but i'm like once again it comes up in the future there's no way it doesn't i love that he takes it and he's like ah i feel great all right off to visit hagrid and they're like what the fuck are you talking about no harry don't and he's like just trust me i love that because my first thought is oh this felix felicis for it to magically work since luck is such a weird thing you don't have control control necessarily over your luck no you don't control over your intuition and so i'm like oh it's an intuition potion but that's not true either you know i had even said in the episode where ron had the placebo effect that you know he didn't like drink that pumpkin juice or whatever harry faked putting it in and then all of a sudden malfoy drops dead and the sky turns blue like those are all circumstantial but as they're leaving the little thing of like dean and Ginny getting in a fight is almost like a throwback to like hey we know this is what you wanted some of this felix felicis to have help with so that made me think okay maybe there is a little bit of like luck somehow involved i mean i'm obviously reading way into it i mean i think that like it really plays into everything going your way in a the world is not against you kind of way it's like you hit all green light when you usually hit red lights or you pull into the Starbucks drive-thru and there's no one there. Just Mm -hmm. stuff is like going pretty good. It's not anything brilliant, but it can literally change your attitude. It's as simple as Harry going out there and how lucky is it that Dean and Ginny are coming in. You know, also this is actually the catalyst for Ron and Lavender breaking up too. Mm-hmm. Harry is under the invisibility cloak and Lavender's like, the fuck were you doing with her up there by yourself? So it's these things that are just kind of working their way out that aren't necessarily completely shifting someone else's day. Dean and Ginny walking in at that time is not anything that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Lughorn is still down there chatting with Ralph. Filch is still a fucking idiot. Like, (laughs) these are all things that just, like, are working in his favor, I guess. In the past few episodes, I did say some witchy stuff. I didn't use the music. So let's play the music. You had said it's like when you're driving and you hit all green lights. I've talked about synchronicities on this podcast before, like when you see 1111 or 444, or you see specific signs or talismans that you put some meaning into. And that being your spirit guides basically saying, okay, you're on your mm-hmm. the right path, you're doing the right thing, have faith and whatnot. And I was yeah. listening to one of my witchy podcasts and they were talking about like, okay, how do you know if you're not? Like how your guides going to tell you, okay, you need to like pump the brakes. And one of the ways they said is like, you hit all red lights. So if we apply that here in a way, 
it's almost like should spirit guides be a part of this world that okay it's time to kind of create a name for her uh <laughs> i'm trying to look around to get some sort of like key into it moldy garbage that's not multi garbage I said multi-garbage. I just said multi-garbage. I like multi-garbage because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so multi-garbage. Multi-garbage. If multi-garbage in the lore of this has something about like spirit guides in the background, I almost wonder if this potion helps strengthen your intuition and also your relationship with your guides. So your guides are like helping you press forward in the luckiest way possible. I don't know. I'm just trying to throw in like my real world theories and stuff into this. The other thing, of course, is like I said, the doors are unlocked during a very dangerous time. I want to know who's doing employee yearly reviews with Argus Filch because we know. Lock the fucking door, you dumbass. Yeah. Well, we also know that it's not McGonagall because she'd be putting a stop to all this shit. Yes. Be like, you're doing your shit or you're out of here. Well, the answer is nobody does it, I think. Right. The answer right. is nobody. This is why they have to- like, I don't know, it's fine. And we're like, Dumble's on vacation again. This is why they have such a poor rating on Glassdoor because all their employees- suck. Right? They go down, like you said, Slughorn is talking to Sprout, gets his like magical leaves so that he can take him back home and like crush him up and put him in his pipe. And then <laughs> that's when Harry's just like, you know what? This is the time. I'm not going to beat around the bush. He takes the thing off and be like, hello, professor. Do you want to come see a dead spider with me? And he's right? like, ooh, that will make me rich. Let me run back up and get some wine. <laughs> sounds fun let's do that i like that sequence when you boil it down to hey want to come see a dead spider with me yes i like to make money i'm going to get wine but that's what happens they go and see hagrid and the burial part burial slash funeral part really is very quick obviously just talk about you know some of the stuff that i already talked about hagrid having to retrieve him from the woods once he comes there i think that slughorn gets the venom very quickly like kind of inconspicuously yeah slughorn's pretty sneaky there which Um... i'm glad for like i don't want to see hagrid being like oh my god what are you doing to my friend i always think of the lego harry potter version of this and it's Uh-oh. very much like slughorn is like rubbing his hands together like an evil person like i'm getting this venom <laughs> and that <Lego laughs> is like what are you doing and stuff like that so that's what oh, i thought oh yeah no this is so much better so it's very very quick i don't think that they actually bury it i mean yes the grave was dug do they just like kick him in the hole and they're like well i think it says that slughorn does the magic to like cover him or something oh okay well Um, i guess there's that so he's like thanks for the venom i'll help bury this giant fucker yeah he's like here it is hagrid nodded and moved forward he heaved the gigantic spider into his arms and with an enormous grunt rolled it into the dark pit it hit the bottom with a rather horrible crunchy thud oh (laughs) and then Slughorn, I think, like puts the dirt on it with magic. There, there, said Slughorn, waving his wand so that the huge pile of earth rose up and then fell with a muffled sort of crash onto the dead spider, forming a smooth mound. So if we don't mention multi-garbage again in this episode, Crunchy Thud, I think is her next name. <laughs> I like that. Crunchy Thud. <laughs> Oh, poor Hagrid. That's when they're like, okay, cool. Burial's over. Let's go drink like you do after a funeral. Absolutely. 
And it starts off with some nice reminiscing of Hagrid talking about, and of course, it fits perfectly in this book, yet another thing that we learned in book two about how he was kicked out of Hogwarts and he birthed him from an egg and he was the size of a Pekingese, which I really enjoyed that little detail. It's like just a little thing, just a spider the size of a Pekingese, not big at all. You know, so cute and fluffy. You know, this is another thing too, because that kind of carries on into this. There were a lot of moments where I was like, ah, Slughorn, this is kind of in poor taste because this is when he's also looking around Hagrid's hut and he notices like the unicorn tail he's looking for other things I'm like you know we haven't discussed Slughorn's Slytherin qualities since the beginning when we were talking about him being a collector that's right we really haven't and this is where we see some of that of him being kind of an opportunist and ambitious and things like that I'm glad he does it in a respectful way as possible otherwise it could be really seen as being done in poor taste He's a super good dude. And after all, when this wine starts flowing and fucking Harry under the table being like, oh, Felix Felicis, thank you for teaching me how to do the refill spell um, with um, without speaking it, which was kind of another nice uh, callback to something that happened earlier in this book. Um, I mean, once that wine starts flowing, they become best friends. Hagrid's like, sure, have this unicorn tail. Let's sing songs about some guy named, what was his name? Odo. Odo, Odo. the hero. When they were doing that, the word that came into mind is that Midwestern sound that you make when you run into people by accident. Ope. Ope. The Ballad of Ope. (laughs) When they were talking about this, it's almost like when they finish that little song, Hagrid falls asleep. It really quickly goes into this Lily Evans conversation. I was like, oh wait, the song was about Lily Evans. And I'm like, oh no, somewhere in there, the subject changed. But I kind of like that because then that of course gives Harry his in. And it's almost like he lets the Felix Felicis just completely take over at that point. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's very mechanical almost the way that he talks, which in a way is creepy. But at the same time, you're like, fuck yeah, Harry, like you're saying this in a very like calculating way. Like you knew what exactly what to say. Also, I feel like that's what he would need because this is also a very personal conversation for him as well. He knows he is using his mother's death to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And that can't be easy, but he's like, this is my option. This is where we are. Yeah. Here it is. When Hermione was saying something like you have to like persuade him. I mean, at the end of the day, what it was, was like, get him some free expensive potion ingredients liquor him up and then talk about your mother that's all he had to do this whole time (laughs) right which you know (laughs) sounds like not what harry would think of yeah it's very backwards thank you felix (laughs) felices yeah can we also talk about how he's like well he didn't want to drink any of the wine and i'm like oh okay that's probably good because once again slughorn is like here's 16 year old have some wine have a vintage cab i also like how harry is like probably not a good idea to mention to hermione that Slughorn used house elves to test the wine for poison. Thank you. That was the other thing I was going to say from the last but, chapter. The other, I was like, yikes. <laughs> but geez, here's the thing. If Slughorn had said that to me, like, I feel like even if Harry hadn't taken the Felix and it hadn't been persuading him not to, he'd be like, fuck no, I'm not going to drink wine this man offered me. Yeah. No, everyone is too drunk to get me a Vizor. Thank you very much. Well, that was my thing. I was like, okay, so if the wine is poisoned and the house elf drinks it and he's convulsing on the floor, are they like, oh, it's just a house elf? And then they sweep the dead body under the rug? Or is he like, okay, let me use a Vizor? Because Vizors are kind of rare. Right. 
would it just be like, well, lost another one. House elves come and go. Oh my God. That's the first thing I thought of is like, what happens if the wine is poisoned? What are they doing oh with the house God. elves? That's horrible. You're not wrong, but that's horrible. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Cause that was another little detail here that like really jumped off the page. Ultimately, it's like he used his intuition here to really tap into everything. I mean, I even like use the word weakened in my notes. It's just he got him like drunk and in like a very vulnerable position. And when I mean vulnerable, I mean, it's talking about Lily and that opened him up to really thinking. And you can tell Slughorn doesn't take it lightly either. Like even after he does a sales pitch, they're sitting there for a minute and he's like mulling it over in his drunken glory before he takes his wand out and puts it in the bottle. And it's like, fuck yes, he did it. Now we can actually like move on with the plot finally. Right. But obviously once we get through the memory, you're like, you understand. And and Harry's like, you know, you're afraid because he might find out you gave it to us and you have to be brave. And he does a very guilty thing or the guilt trip thing where he's like, my mom. It's very smart, but also like it really shows like what a redemption arc should look like. Yeah, 100%. We have not lived with Slughorn in the space because we don't know what he's done, but we know he's doing something to make it better. So it's very interesting because we're going to see it. We're going to be like, oh, that was not so good. It's very brave of him. This is maybe my favorite chapter of the book. It might be mine too. There's been a lot of really good chapters of this book. I've been very open about how much I'm loving this book. And this very well could be one. It's extremely positive. It's exciting. It doesn't feel like dire. Sometimes these journeys and stuff, even though, yes, going outside of (laughs) the castle at night unaccompanied i mean yes you're around two professors but it doesn't have that kind of feeling of like rushing or like there's something like underneath that is like really dangerous overall i really like this chapter too we are playing mad libs i was this close during mad libs i'm really glad that we didn't thank you for doing mad libs i love it (laughs) I'm just going to get you to give me some words. The first one I need from you is a verb, past tense. Jumped. Okay. And then I need a place. Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. <laughs> a noun. Feather duster. Okay. An adjective plus L-Y. Furiously. Furiously? Yeah. Plural noun. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Another noun. Drag queen. <laughs> Another noun. Potato. Another noun. Badger. Sorry, there's lots of nouns in this one. Another one. Another noun. Mothball. <laughs> number. A number 70. And another noun. Multi-garbage. Multi-garbage. <laughs> okay, body part. Taint. <laughs> another body part. Bellend. I'm sorry? Bellend. It's the UK version for the tip of a penis. Oh. Okay. Is it shaped like a bell and is at the end, I assume? Oh, I'm sorry. It should have been um, body part multiple, but we can put bellends. Sure, bellends. Why not? All of them. And then a verb plus ed. A shanked. And a number? 236. The number is in front of me, so 236. A plural noun? Chodes. I mean, technically, I guess those are body parts, but... That's fine. We'll put that there. It's fine. A noun. Too many nouns. I know. I know. Paperclip. <laughs> okay. A sound. I was going to say twinkle, but that's not really a sound. What about ope? <laughs> ope. <laughs> I love it. That song that they were singing about, about the ope guy. And a uh, adjective. Greasy. 
and another adjective. Crusty. And a body part. Toenail. Okay. Oh, phew. I can't come up with any more nouns, so I'm really That's glad. Good. That. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. The three of them jumped out into Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. The feather duster was glistening furiously through the chicken nuggets now, and its rays mingled with the drag queen spilling from Hagrid's potato to illuminate Aragog's badger lying on the edge of a massive mothball beside a 10-foot high mound of freshly dug multi-garbage. Magnificent. <laughs> That's a good one! Freshly dug multi-garbage. Magnificent, said Slughorn, approaching the spider's taint, where eight milky bellens shanked blankly at the sky, and 236 huge curved chodes shone motionless in the paperclip. Harry thought he heard the ope of bottles as Slughorn bent over the chodes, apparently examining the greasy, crusty toenail. Lovely! <laughs> I like it. Oh, those are always so silly. I like Hagrid's potato. <laughs> the drag queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the drag queen's name. That's a good drag name, too. Welcome to the stage, Hagrid's Potato. So we are on Zoom this time, so we did not watch the movie together. But this is a very memorable scene, if not the Yes, and I, I did watch this scene earlier today. Okay, good. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit on memory. I'll watch it after this just so that i can kind of get myself caught up and everything they show him opening this bottle of felix and he like drinks it they literally show him drinking the whole fucking thing in the movie yeah do they kind of get to that realization the no. same way that it does in the book no they literally are just like we're doing this now oh it's just like oh yeah i have this let's do it now well they talk a little bit about it but it's not like oh that's what we should do like they did in the book and they're like, oh, how does it feel? And he's like, lucky. Right, I'm going to Hagrid's. And they're like looking at him like, the fuck is wrong with you? And then get the classic scene of him just like walking down by the really greenhouses. Like, yeah, he just like doing this. He's like, oh, oh, hi, Professor Slughorn, who is being like a sneak thief right here. He's like not chatting with, with Sprout. He's just mm. like stealing shit. But he's just like, oh, yeah, well, I was just going on to Hagrid's because his spider be dead. So I'm just going to hang out with him. And uh, he's like, I come with you. They still show Slughorn doing the whole like, ooh, I could get money is basically from this. And uh, he's like, it's very valuable. Then they go down and then you just see Hagrid standing there with a giant spider corpse. And it's yep. gross. That's where Daniel Radcliffe does the whole pinchers thing. Yes, like that the, means the main thing that you kind of remember. Yeah, they do a kind of short burial thing. And then they go into Hagrid's hut and they're drinking. And then that's when... Harry starts guilting Slughorn, and that's when Slughorn tells the story about the fish. Well, we have talked about this in the past. <laughs> Give just like a brief overview of the fish, because it's basically the gift that Lily gave him, and then it passed away when she passed away. Yes, but basically he tells Harry the story of how like he had this bowl of water on his desk that had a lily in it, and it turned into a fish. And he had this fish all this time. And then the day that she died was the day that the fish died. Honestly, if you are listening to Basic Snitches and you've never seen this movie because you know how terrible it is and you don't want to subject yourself to that, that's fair. But like, take the minute to at least watch Jim Broadbent deliver this. It's beautiful. It really is like just a lovely addition. Unlike the other stupid additions to this movie, this one is lovely. It's a little weird. I think it's probably to show the effects of the Felix, but he's very like jaunty, I guess. I believe Daniel Radcliffe was not sober during this time. So yeah. I think the question always is when we when we talk about the movie is, is this an effective portrayal of the book? And I think it is. The way that happens in the book, 
and obviously not having seen the movie right before this i've obviously seen the movie but when he brings up his mom it is kind of abrupt like i don't know how it gets into the fish i'm sure that you know it may have happened in the same way but i think it adds a little bit more color to bloodhorn's appreciation of lily that we don't see in the movie because it isn't brought up nearly as often in these like kind of roundabout ways that it is in the book which is nice anytime they do something like very extravagantly different and i think that this would fall under that in the movies i have to think that it is to suit a film audience a little bit better but also in those ways that it isn't included as much in the book i remember just enough about it but i'm assuming that is why they added some of the color here because it makes a scene that is a i I don't want to say that it's boring or anything but it gives a little bit more color to the scene that is kind of a pinnacle of the story too you know like this is a big big moment when you're reading the book versus what you're seeing on the screen, the book is very effective. I am very emotionally affected by the end of the chapter when I'm reading the book. If that were what was on screen, it would be fine. But I don't think that that would have given people the same emotional response that we get in the book because, again, there's just more there in the book to begin with. But what they did was they had an opportunity to to hype up the emotional effect of it by, one, having possibly the best actor that was only in a couple of movies have a little bit of an extra moment. Two... It's a good story. It's a really lovely addition, which is completely different from anything else they've added to the movies, which has always been bullshit. From what I remember, I do like the movie portrayal. And I mean, obviously it sounds like you do too, even though there's this nice addition. If we're going to talk about this addition too, it's not like the addition of burning down the Weasley's house that has no meaning. So fucking Um, stupid. there's, There's a meaning behind this one that I really appreciate too, so... Once again, very, very simple. This is a very positive chapter. So plus 50 to Harry because he finally fucking got the memory. And it was in a good positive way too. Yeah. He didn't really have to trick him. Yes, he used Felix Felicis, but in a way that kind of backfired on Slughorn. But I also plus 20 to Slughorn and Hagrid because Hagrid is in mourning. Slughorn, you know, even though he gave away this memory, I think that the whole trajectory of it, even the way that he he gets his souvenirs, his acromantial of venom, I think he does it in fairly, even if it is when Hagrid isn't looking and stuff, it's in somewhat good taste. It could have gone a lot more different. It could have gone like Lego Harry Potter. So, (laughs) and that's it. Ruining Hagrid's day. (laughs) (laughs) So 50 to Harry, 20 to Slughorn Hagrid. Nobody loses points. Love it. And so finally, we are at the chap called Horcruxes. Horcruxes, finally. Obviously, we have heard the word before and we have discussed it, but we finally get to see Harry learn about what Horcruxes are, I think, in the next chapter. Yes, we do. And we get to see why Slughorn was so hesitant to give him that memory. Yes, that would be a good one. While that is the next chapter that we be reading and discussing, the next next episode episode will be a special episode. For both the Horcruxes chapter and the next episode, we will have Dan Hunsinker back on the podcast. Yes, we shall. This time I plan on recording (laughs) with them. Uh, If you recall last time, last January was crazy because it was last January. We're recording in January right now, (laughs) even though this is dropping in like March. We have a special episode with Dan um, with a very kind of out of the box fun subject that we've kind of mentioned here and there. And then we'll do the Horcrux chapter. It's going to be a good time. We will catch you then. See you then, snitches. Farewell.
Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!